Alrighty, welcome to the podcast. It's been a while. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. This is the Brian Francis Podcast, and I am him. So, uh, a lot has happened, but uh, not really. A lot, and then not too much. Have a cup of coffee in my hand, Dunkin' Donuts. I mentioned in previous podcasts, my least favorite coffee, but... The thing they do have going for them is a drive-thru, and I had my dog in the car just now, and I could not go inside a store to get coffee. It would have been a big hubba-baloo. So, I got the Dunkin' Donuts coffee with the dog, and it all worked out. Multitasking. Just came back from Greece, a trip to Greece with the family, which was lovely and unbelievable. It was fantastic. Kudos to my wife for scripting, for planning a perfect trip, a combination of learning, insights, exploration, and that of maximum relaxation and just kicking back. So that's how I like the vacation, doing stuff and not doing stuff. And it was perfectly uh, balanced as to what we did and what we didn't do. Take a little Dunkin' Donuts here. We spent three uh, number of nights in Athens, some nights in the island of Santorini, a beach town, and oh no, Naxos, the beach town in Santorini, a lovely cliffside town. Everywhere was great. Greeks are very nice. Here's my Greek, a Ferristor, Parakaro, Yasis, that's a low Yasis. I'm drawing a blank on the rest. As soon as you don't use it, it goes away within a matter of hours. That's wild. Um, what could I say about about the trip? It's almost still sinking in, but now I've traveled to a number of different countries in my 42 years of life. Shall we tally them up? Shall we? My passport is becoming a mess, folks. How pretentious. How pretentious. Where have I been? England, Ireland, Scotland, Amsterdam, Italy, France, Spain, and now Greece, in addition to some other countries outside of Europe. Uh, One of my favorites, one of my favorite trips by far. Did not know this prior to going there, uh, Greek people, very quiet, very quiet. In my mind, there was this anticipation of a Mediterranean vibe, hey, ho, but in fact, gloriously quiet, the Greek people. Myself, as a teacher, who's subjected to significant noise levels throughout the year, I found the Greeks' emphasis of subdued conversation, of a inside voice sort of level, just to be fantastic. In fact, oftentimes, we were like the loudest people in the room, myself and my family, and we are a pretty quiet family uh, in comparison, so it was, it was great to be shushed. They're very nice about it, but we did get shushed once. But you know what? It's all about learning. Um, Athens, gritty, gritty, uh, graffiti strewn, yet safe and bizarre. You see a city like this and you think, "Uh uh-oh, my guard's up. These people were welcoming, friendly, didn't feel unsafe in any corridor of this entire city. 
I tried to get a judge of what Greeks like of American culture, because clearly I was there to study their culture, look at the Acropolis, think about all of the inventions and uh, philosophers that have come out of ancient Greece. But I also was there to learn a little bit about myself. Isn't that what travel does, folks? We go far away only to turn backward, to look at where we've come from, from whence we've came, to see what our culture is like, too, from a distance, like looking at the earth from the moon. Here's what my takeaway of what Greeks love and enjoy about American culture. Now, once again, we have taken from the Greek culture philosophy, math, or not taken, I know other societies and continents and groups of people have contributed, but there have been a significant contributions by ancient Greece in terms of philosophy, culture, music, art, drama. From what I could tell, judging from the stores that were not selling to tourists, but to Greeks buying, Greeks selling to Greece, here are the three takeaways that Greeks like about American culture. Number one, the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. A lot of t-shirts dedicated to the Wu-Tang Clan, and sometimes just old dirty bastards specifically. But the Wu-Tang Clan, the Greeks really like from our culture. Number two would be um, the New York Yankees. Uh, I don't know if everyone's a Yankees fan or just they like the hats or they just like one American baseball team and it's the Yankees, which pained me as a Phillies fan. But I'm an accurate reporter. I must observe what I witnessed and not shade it in any bias, the New York Yankees. And lastly, the biggest contribution from America to the Greeks is the Friday the 13th Horror Series. A lot of odes to Jason Voorhees, the mask, the hockey mask serial killer. So I think it's a fair trade-off. We receive philosophy, art, music, literature. They receive Jason Voorhees and Camp Crystal Lake. I think we're even. I think we're even. This podcast does have... A bit of an international flavor. I'm able to look at the statistics of where people are listening to this. And we have listeners now from Denmark, Australia, Canada, and Greece. Now, I don't think that was because I made such an impression on the Greeks that they said, we're going to go home and listen to this podcast. Rather, and I'm not quite sure how the internet works, but I suspect because my last podcast title contained the word Greece, that maybe when people were searching the interwebs, they stumbled upon this podcast. Note to self, perhaps I should start tagging more proper nouns and places so people will stumble upon this entertainment juggernaut. So, and listeners within the United States, the biggest state in which I have listeners is Pennsylvania, which doesn't surprise me as that's the home base of the Brian Francis podcast. State number two was a surprise, though. Michigan, Michigan and state number two. Love you, Detroit. I feel you. 
when we kick off the world tour, Detroit will be the first stop on the world tour. A lot of dogs in Athens just kind of milling about. These are like community dogs that no one owns. You've probably been to some countries like this where dogs and cats sort of roam. I like the aesthetic of the Greek dog. They're not like an American dog in which they, the American dog waits to amuse its owner. What trick can I do? How can I please you? These Greek dogs were, by and large, indifferent to all human interaction. Maybe they'd roll their eyes at you. Maybe a slight wag of the tail. But on the whole, I think they viewed you, me, us, humans as equals. I'm not your servant. I'm not your trick boy. I'm just another person on the street lying under the bench. I respect that about the dogs there. What else? It's just, again, it's a lot to take in, but it was a fun trip. Uh, you know what? what's also missing, aside from the loud noise, which was glorious? There are no, like, Chuck E. Cheese's in Greece. There are no toy stores that I saw. Nothing even geared towards children. I saw on the island of Naxos one sad-looking merry-go-round, which I believe was out of order. And that was it. That constituted the entire effort to amuse children in Europe. There is none. There is no focus on, what will the kids like? Oh, we should do something for the kids. It's for the kids. None of that. It seems all of Europe is geared towards adults. And guess what? The kids were better behaved. The kids were quiet and respectful. And I started to wonder, hmm, maybe if we don't make childhood the biggest thing in the world like we do here in the United States, the entertainment on Goliath. I was going to say juggernaut again, but I think I used that already. The entertain, the huge entertainment industry that is amusing children. Maybe if we backed off that a little bit, our children would feel a little less entitled. A little less, hmm, entertain me now. I haven't been entertained in three minutes. Where's the Chuck E. Cheese? I don't think a Greek could even understand the concept of a Chuck E. Cheese. They would be like, why? Why would you do something so unfun for yourself? So not fun. Unfun? Not a word. Why would you do something that's not fun for yourself? But that's the deal. Then in turn, they are amused because their children are happier. These are just observations. If you wanted to dismantle all of Europe, the entire culture... Um, you could just open one Chuck E. Cheese, and I feel like within three weeks, the whole culture would collapse. So we would never need to go to war with Europe, I don't think. No need for nuclear arms. Just one well-placed Chuck E. Cheese could erode the underpinnings of a culture in about three weeks. So it was really nice to see. This lack of emphasis on children, and yet the children are laughing, are having fun, running around, kicking a soccer ball, swimming in the ocean. 
but they realize the whole world doesn't revolve about around them. And I feel like that's a realization that doesn't occur here. I know. I'm full of a lot of opinions. You go to Europe for a week and suddenly you understand the world, right? In college, I lived in England for six months and I came back and was like, see, here's the thing about socialism, bro. See, Marx was right to an extent with communism. You know what he didn't know? Yeah, I became the armchair philosopher because I spent a couple, you know, some time in Europe. I'm trying not to be that guy. Oh, God. All right, he went to Europe. Let's hear the lecture. See, what you don't understand... Also during that time, I was going through a very cringe-worthy Jim Morrison phase. So imagine that combined with my sudden uh, reading of Marx. Uh, I must have been insufferable. I must have been really difficult to bear. Mojo rising. But it's not all great over there. Toilets are terrible. Both in cleanliness and in flush power. It's flush and pray over there. There is nothing. That would be the first thing I would do if I lived over there. And I, I, with this most recent trip, I realized I could. I could adjust to the European lifestyle in about eight minutes. The only thing I would do would bring an American standard toilet from home. Retrofit some of the plumbing. Other than that, I'd be good. Watch some good World Cup games over there. Games have been great, haven't they? I'm kind of a poser, but I do get into the World Cup. And a lot of games coming down to overtime and shootouts. and It, it was fun to watch the games over there. A lot of Brits vacationing in Europe, so I watched the England game with some Brits, which was cool. And then I watched the Russia-Croatia game, which went into overtime, and I was pontificating about soccer to my wife. Uh, and I could see this Brit sort of getting a little uncomfortable with my constant analysis, which was probably wrong-headed, mind you, being that I only focus on the World Cup every four years, and he probably lives, breathes, and eats soccer. So after Croatia scored a goal in overtime, I said, oh, that's it. And this bloke, this snarky bloke turned around and said, well, mate, I don't know if he said mate. He said, nope, overtime's played for a full 30 minutes. In other words, it's not sudden death. When one person scores, they continue to play the overtime period. I thought it was first team to score in overtime wins the game. But then this snarky bloke continues and says, you know, it's not like American sports where you don't have the attention span to play out the full overtime period. Mmm, what a dig. So I felt compelled to defend not only America, but all of you. And everyone who lives in this great country. And I said, attention span. I said, I said, uh, I was scrambling. I said, um, that's right. Overtime, baby. Oh, no, no, not overtime. I said, that's right. Sudden death, baby. Sudden death. That's all I could come up with. But I was not going to take that 
cheap shot by a Brit lying down about our attention span. What was I talking about? Because I was getting on the, the, the game about flopping, about this goalie seemingly pulled his hamstring and looked like he was going to die right there on the field. And then a moment later, he was miraculously cured. And I was saying, come on, because I had a little Greek coffee in me and a little bit more. Come on, I said, they're not really hurt. I mean, you know, because in American football, we really get hurt. Our brains are bashed in. Not that that's a great thing, but it's something inherently un-American about pretending to be hurt. But actually, there were not a lot of flops in these soccer games that I saw. They must be trying to remove that from the game, because the games were really, really fun to watch. And this Brit was an anomaly. Most of the Brits I saw on vacation, they're very quiet as well. You get a sense of how loud Americans are when you go abroad. Brits are very quiet and apologetic. If you introduce yourself to one and say, Hi, I'm Brian. They'll be like, Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm Jim. Sorry. I love that. Just ap- immediately apologize for your own existence on the planet. Oh, sorry. The Brits are very nice. They only get loud when they're in groups watching soccer. Other than that, very quiet. Very quiet. Did like that Greek coffee over there. Wish I could bring some back. Who knows what this podcast would be like if I could get some Greek coffee in me. When I was trying to get on the bus uh, in Santorini, and the buses are great. They're like little, they're like tour buses that you would take around here, charter buses, and the bus drivers and attendants keep them very well maintained. We walked about I would think about a mile or two miles in the Grecian sun, and I was covered in sweat. And they don't, they don't say miles. It's all about meters. Everything is 20 meters. And I, to this day, still don't know how long a meter is. So it was very confusing. Is a meter. And I know I could figure this out. But part of the fun of traveling is not knowing everything. Finding out little surprises. Anyway, I was so covered in sweat. Well, the first day, the bus driver would not let me on because my feet were sandy. So I had the humiliation in front of this large crowd to go off the bus, brush the sand off my feet, put my sandals back on, and re-enter the bus. So that was a little rough. The second day, I was deemed too sweaty to enter the bus. He said, sir, your, your shirt is uh, wet. I I was so sweaty, it looked as if I had just come straight from the sea, a sea hag emerging from the ocean, Uh, a merman. But my wife explained this was just the natural process of sweating and (laughs) to let me board the bus. And that was it. We were shushed one time, and I was told that I was too sweaty to get on the bus. And then I, it was eventually decided that I would be allowed to board the bus, despite my sweat-soaked shirt. Everyone else was very nice. And even even those Greeks were very nice, but it's like the little, the little cultural confusion things are the things that stick out when you travel. But that's it. I mean, did you... Sometimes people go to, like, from Philly, 
go to Europe and the, the U, this is this is back on the U10 crowd because I've seen this now where soccer teams will go to Europe to play some games and the dads line up trips like this. All right, when you play soccer, we'll, on our off days we'll golf here. Should I slip the Northeast Philly bus? Okay, when you play, we'll golf here, here, and then over here, and then we can hit this strip bar and maybe that strip bar. And this is how a U10 dad would see Europe through the same exact lens and process that one that he would do in America. So let me go to another country and do exactly what I do in my own country. I'm just saying. You don't have to go and see museums if you visit Europe. And in fact, I didn't see any when I was in Greece. But you might want to, for a moment, look around and think, hmm, is anything a little different than from where I live? That's all. I'm just looking for a moment of self-reflection. And then go play golf and go to the strip bar. So this is this is what happens when you tell people that you travel. Sometimes you encounter that. But it was it was lovely. We went over the 4th of July and that was the uh, number of times I traveled over there on the 4th of July and every time I've seen fireworks they haven't been profound but it's just a little nod that there are enough expatriates or just enough feeling that all right, USA, we know 4th of July means nothing over here, but here's a little firework, a little nod to your treason and subsequent founding of your own country. So I thought that was a nice touch. The other thing the U10 crowd would ask me is, did you see boobs on the beach? Was it a nude beach? A couple, a couple. Not like Barcelona, Spain. If that's your, if that's why you seek to go to Europe, then go to Barcelona, Spain. Uh, but the the thing is, is well, there are no fake fake boobies there, and I find that there is much more of an embracing of one's own body. This is who I am. Deal with me. I love myself. I don't need to alter myself. For you, I find that life affirming. There's just overall less regulations in Europe about how everything is done. You look at the beach and it's like, you want to take your top off? Go ahead. You want to drink a bottle of wine? Go ahead. You want to smoke a cigarette? Go ahead. You want to swim where next to those rocks, next to that dune, next to that jetty, next to those sharks? Go ahead. Go ahead. Your life is your own. The only rule we have is don't be, don't be an asshole. Don't be annoying. And annoying in Greece culture would be being too loud. Do whatever you want. Just don't be that loud. I like that. That is like, isn't that libertarianism, I think, the tenets of that political uh, philosophy, to do no harm. Do what you want, just don't harm others. 
Now, does a topless woman harm my children? Seeing that, I don't think so. It certainly didn't harm me. I am I am cool with, uh, you know, dropping these puritanical views about the body. I feel like, isn't it funny with the rating system? Uh, you can have someone get their head blown off and <laughs> in most movies. And they'll be rated like PG-13. You show a couple boobs, though. You start brushing against the R rating. Why is the human body in our culture so offensive? But blowing someone's head off with a gun is perfectly normal. You do miss America in the little ways, though. Like... Now, apparently Europe has a pretty big pickpocket uh, problem, and I never, I, we never encountered it, nor do we make many, um, many safety precautions because of it, because it felt a little overhyped. But, you know, pickpockets in Europe, it's a very passive-aggressive way to steal. In America, they do walk up to you and shove a gun in your mouth and take your money, and that's it's the little things you miss about the United States. But anyway, totally less regulated in Europe. Do no harm. And here's the other thing. I don't think there are any lawyers. And certainly in Greece, it didn't feel like that. There's not a lot of money. So it's like, if you did these things that I put a sign up about, how would it be reinforced? How would we even go about carrying out a lawsuit? Uh, you have no money to sue me, and I have no money to pay you if I lose. So everything is sort of self-regulated. You be you, I'll be me, and let's try not to annoy one another. But, again, those toilets. That would be the one thing holding me back from being a true expatriate. Started to slip into that European lifestyle, though. By the end, we were eating dinner around 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I know it sounds insane, folks, but uh, for whatever reason, you just start sliding into that, that method of living. Not consciously, it just started to happen. And I started to think about in the United States, like, what would happen if we threw a birthday party for my, we'll say, my 10-year-old daughter and we didn't serve pizza until 10 o'clock at night. I think total madness. And we had the party, and they did the thing, whatever the entertainment thing is, and then the parents waited until 10 at night to serve us pizza. I think we get a call from social services because people may accuse us for smoking crystal meth to eat at that hour. But I even adjusted to that, and that was lovely. And we rented some apartments over there, and it was great going to the market and buying food and cooking up a meal with some Greek wine and eating at 10 at night. It all made sense. So, that was it. That was it. But it's nice to get back to your routine. Nice to be back to the United States. It's funny about routines. It's like you vacation because you got to get away from your routine. You got to see new things, get away from the world, and then you spend so much time 
away, X amount of days away, a little part of you starts to say, hey, how about our routine? Don't you want to do our routine again? This is your mind talking to you. I know these Greek churches are beautiful, but don't you want to go to Planet Fitness? Drive your car? Listen to some hip-hop? I did miss my car and hip-hop and my guitar. Where I'd move there, I would bring my guitar. But you do start to miss little things. Routine, wait. Come back. Come back, routine. Turns out I missed you after all. Turns out I did have a good routine. What was I leaving? Why was I leaving? Now, it's nice to to go away and nice to come back. There were some great churches in Greece. If you look up Santorini, Google Santorini, there are these blue dome churches, and they are just stunning. They're little monasteries. Some of them are churches. Some of them are so small. Others are medium-sized. I wouldn't say there were any. Nothing is large in Europe. Everything is smaller. But they were wonderful. These blue dome churches were just just beautiful. We started talking about church when we were there. Because there's a big religious vibe. Greek Orthodox, big Catholic country as well. We started talking about our favorite Catholic songs during Catholic Mass. What's your favorite Catholic Mass song if you're Catholic? As I was uh, first through eighth grade in Catholic school and then a private uh, religious affiliated high school. And I was even an altar boy, folks. So I got this stuff. It's just lodged in there. It is in my sort of Freudian response mechanisms. I could do anything, any response to a Catholic Mass. It's still right in there. Favorite church song I'm going with. Eagle's wings, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the. You know that jam? You know that? That's that's one of my favorite. My wife is partial to. Here I am, Lord. Can you hear me? I'm not mocking, by the way. We do bellow these songs out in earnest on weekend mornings sometimes. It's our little nod to mysticism and our Freudian years of Catholicism. Favorite Catholic school jam, Catholic mass jam. Write me. Tell me about yours. Does it beat Eagle's Wings? I don't think so. I don't think so. We were talking about music, my wife and I were talking about music as well on the way home. She she has a theory that all 80s songs, or not all of them, we'll say 75% of them, if you listen to the lyric content in 80s song, the theme that is repeated over and over again is, despite the odds, this love is going to work out. We know everyone is betting against us, but guess what? We don't care. This love is going to work out anyway. So... I encourage you, next time you listen to 80s music, see if it fulfills my wife's theory that 80s songs often talk about love. Love that everyone thinks isn't going to make it. Let's prove the world wrong.
a lot of fanny packs in Europe. I need one so bad because I got these, you know, I'm trying to be fashionable. So I wear, I don't wear the baggy jeans anymore. I wear a straight leg. I have some shapely calves and I just can't quite fit slimmer jeans over these, these cannonball calves. So I have a bit of a um, straight leg jean, but then I find that my wallet is all bumping up in my in my pocket and then the cell phone and then a, a big knot of keys in there and it's just not befitting. These European men wore their pants way better than myself. That's another interesting thing about Europe. It seems like the men are much more fashionable. The men are peacocking around all day. So that's just a total role reversal. And the and you can always spot an American husband because he's frazzled and he's he's henpecked, horribly henpecked. You, you just hear an American wife screaming at her husband, and I witnessed this a number of times. Just, you said the sunset was going to be at 8.05 and it's at 8.20. They were ripping into this guy, this guy from Chicago, uh, because he mistimed the sunset or something. And I thought, this doesn't happen in Europe. The men are not henpecked. They're peacocked and not henpecked. Rise up, gentlemen. Are you henpecked? Rise up. Anyway, I might go fanny packs. I'd like to wear some fashionable jeans with a fashionable contemporary cut and keep all my, my needs in a fanny pack. Marsupial-like. Why not? Why not? All right. Well, I'm, uh, I think I'm still jet lagged. I think I, this Dunkin' Donuts isn't even cutting through the surface. But I wanted you to know, because I know you were worried, that I'm alive. People are lovely. The world's beautiful. People help strangers out. If you're lost, everything is only 20 meters away. So have faith in humanity. Because people are good. I hope your week and a half was well. Uh, well and good. And I got nothing else for you. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints, contradictions, contact Brian Francis Podcast at Outlook.com. And we're approaching the 36-minute mark, so let's cut this boy off. We'll see you next time. Bye.